Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I'll bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. This podcast, The Spirit of Humanity, is dedicated to Martina, who stood up to a bully. I urge you to speak yourself. I like to ask all of you, what is your name? What excites you and makes your heart beat? Tell me your story. I want to hear your voice. I want to to hear your conviction. No matter who you are, where you're from, your skin color, your gender identity, just speak yourself. Those words spoken by RM from BTS with all seven of the guys making a speech at the United Nations is such a fantastic example of the incredible spirit of humanity in the world today. They could have been on an island in Fiji. They could have been blowing the cash all around the world doing whatever their passions dictated. And they decided to use their time to inspire all of us to be involved with wherever we are, whoever we are. That's humanity. And I started thinking about that. What makes that up? What makes up the core of who we are as human beings? And to me, there are five ideals that are the foundational aspects of humanity. I also found some areas of growth in my own community that I feel like myself and my friends can actually have an effect on. Some laws that are really bad that can be tweaked or changed. And that's part of this podcast as well. And I'm so excited by the talent level in this podcast. We got Jay from day six, Korean rock stars. I'm transparent. Like, <laughs> and I think that's great. I don't think you should ever lose that. Oh, man. If only everyone else agreed. We got the global country icon, Tim McGraw. What's controversial about having faith in people? What's controversial about that? I have faith in you. I have faith in Tim. I have faith in Jack. I have faith in people all around me. They're from all walks of life. And I have faith in these people because of who they are. We got hip-hop artist and mogul Chris Wu. Exactly what I want, bridging the East and West. What's, what's better than having two artists coming from two different worlds collaborating? Fresh off of her 2019 Grammy New Artist win, we have Dua Lipa. I think it's so important to really have to tell your story. My name is Stokes Nielsen. You are my friends, and this is our podcast. Let's go! Paris Subway. It sounds like exactly how you think it would sound like. So I am in France. Why, Stokes, why are you in France? Well, I'm in France because as people who have been listening to this podcast know, I started the podcast partly in response to my father's passing. And this has been such a wonderful way to connect with him because he loved music. He loved different cultures. He loved learning. So this has all been a, a way to connect with him. And also one of the other things that I did is I started sorting through the family history. That also is another way that I felt like I could 
connect with him. Ironically, I found from my mother's side a very well connected and written out family history of the Stokes family, which these people came from 1622 to the U.S. They served in the Revolutionary Wars, they served in the Civil War, served in, in World War II. I just had a po strong public service, and then I, I was like wondering, why is that? And then I searched farther back. Many of these guys had kept an oral history of the family that went back to this freedom fighter in Europe. And the name of the freedom fighter is Charles Martel, and he's buried in St. Denis in Paris. And so I had a podcast summit come up in Europe, and I just realized, hey, this is a great opportunity to see my ancestor uh, who's buried in Paris. So that's why I'm in France. But it also was a wonderful way to tie into this episode. When I'm walking through the streets of Paris, I'm just like, this is just a cool place. And there's a guy out there in K-pop right now who I think just really embodies this kind of, he's just cool. His name is Jay from Day Six. I sat down and talked to him a little bit about how kindness is such a really big part of K-pop and he ties it back to the Korean culture. And I think that is number one of this spirit of humanity when we're looking at these ideals is dignity. So here's Jay from Day Six. One of the things that really drew me into this genre is a concept that I think is being kind of lost in this world right now, unfortunately. And it's a very simple concept. It's called kindness. Ooh. And I've noticed that in this genre and also this culture, right. kindness is valued and kindness is demonstrated on a day-to-day -day interaction between human beings. Where does that kindness come from in K-pop? Oh man, I think it just really stems from the Korean culture of being respected. I think a, a main thesis of living here is if you want to be respected, you have to respect others first. So if you give them the respect, then we, we, we think that will be reciprocated. And I think it is. I think that's a lot of how the world turns around, you know, on this little clock. I think the main thing that I try to focus on is to be more humane. Because I make mistakes. I'm not a perfect person. I think one of the first posts that I put on Twitter was, you know, I was a loser in high school. I'm really thankful that y'all accept me for the imperfect person that I am because that's really how I feel. It's not a like, oh, I'm so humble, I'm imperfect. No, it's not like that. It's like, really, I have a lot of flaws, but you guys accept me. You guys accept me, and I really, really appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. And that acceptance is based on the concept that you are worthy of respect treating someone with dignity. Dignity. The state or quality of being worthy of respect. That is number one. So one of the things that I love doing when I'm traveling is I love to run. Paris is one of my favorite places to jog because you don't even feel like you're exercising. You're just running around history. So I'm out there on my run and while I'm running, I'm kind of multitasking as well. Middle playoffs, I want to see if the Titans are going to be playing the uh, Patriots next year. So I'm looking up schedules. Some people would say, dude, what are you doing? You're running around this incredible city and you're staring at your phone, Googling Tennessee Titans. Anyway, so 
I'm about to hit return on my search and a guy stops me. I take off my headphones and he's saying something in French. You can't go any further because they're having protests over here. And I'm like, what are they protesting? And I, and I look out, it's pretty, pretty hefty protest going on over there. So they're protesting gas taxes. Um, so I'm like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Anyway, it's pretty gnarly stuff uh, over there, and I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna run that way. And anyways, I'm turning around. I wonder what's going on. So I Google gas tax, but I already have my Google open. So I Google Tennessee Titans gas tax. Hit return, and I was really interested to see what came back. It turns out there's been a lot of controversy in my own state of Tennessee about gas taxes. The reason why is because in 2017, the then governor, Bill Haslam, who comes from the Haslam family, who owns Pilot Flying J, which is the largest purveyor of over-the-road diesel fuel in the United States, and Pilot Flying J also is the largest travel center chain in the country, basically huge gas stations all over the country and Tennessee. The allegations are that he railroaded this gas tax through in 2017, and his family business is one of the administrators of the collection of the tax because they have so many gas stations. So for 20 to 50 days, this tax money that they're taking in from the citizens are on their books. If you get a large amount of money that is on your books, well, you can use that. You could use it for investment. You could use various other things. So there's controversy in that. And the broader controversy is that during his term, he was the head of a governor's association of many states. And as it turns out, some of the states that had over 30 pilot flying J's had enacted a gas tax increase over the last four or five years where Haslam was active in politics, including all my friends in Ohio may need to get ready for this. Uh, Ohio has just announced a new gas tax uh, by the governor DeWine over there. And lo and behold, if you look at his contributor list, the Cincinnati Inquirer just wrote about this, one of main contributor to the governor of Ohio that is putting up this new gas tax is, you guessed it, the Haslam family. In fact, there are six Haslams on the list of his contributors. And how this relates to our podcast, I mean, part of dignity is the respect of others' work and the money that they make. And if you are a politician in this country, you really shouldn't be advocating for taxes that can benefit a business that belongs to your family. That's not respecting other people's hard work and money. What's the action side of that is I, I do think the Tennessee legislature should pause on the gas tax because uh, I know that this is something that goes up every year. I think the Tennessee legislature should pause and look into the overreaching element of this gas tax and how the Haslam family business may have disproportionately gained an advantage based on a law signed into effect and advocated for by a Haslam governor and how they may have or be currently using their influence and contributions to get other states to increase their gas taxes. Now, it could be that these articles that came up when I did this search are not a full representation of what's going on. And that's why I think it's the legislators of this state that should just take another look. This could be a national 
U.S. issue. And this to me is just something that I can be a part of in my local community where it can also embody the spirit of this speak yourself call. So one of my favorite artists out there is Dua Lipa. I wanted to find out her ideas about the importance of speaking yourself and how that has played out in her artistry because I know you do have to be vulnerable to do that. I wanted to share this with you. I think it's so important to really have to tell your story. I think it took me a while to try and open up and, and get what's in my head out onto paper. It was just very therapeutic and it helped me get over some of my own things that I, I wanted to kind of get out and, and to, to get messages from fans and hear them tell me that they feel empowered after hearing this song or it makes them feel a certain type of way. I now no longer make music just for myself. It's for my fans as well. So there's something that happens when you do that when you're brave enough to put yourself out there. Other people relate. I'm here on the beaches of Normandy and one of the most emotional and powerful places that you can be out here is when you discover these bunkers that are situated all over the beaches. One of the things that really hits home to me is that my grandfather, Hugh Stokes Jr., was a part of the Allied invasion that liberated Europe. Looking at these bunkers and seeing where these Nazis were, completely protected, popping out, taking pot shots at Allied forces in the places of complete advantage, and thinking that these are our young men who fought for the freedom of people that they didn't even know. I got sent a song by a friend of mine who works for Tim McGraw. Tim is one of my favorite country singers, and it really moved me. It's a song called thought about you. And in the song, there's a line, I thought about what love is and what love isn't. And I can tell you, I don't know if there's any better example about the difference of what love is and what love isn't than on this beach. Because here were the Nazis fortified in their bunkers, representing intolerance and hatred. And then there were these allied forces completely out in the open, fearlessly storming the beach. They fought for liberty. Nazis fought to oppress. We won, and liberty won. And so when I think about that song, that country song, I thought about them. And I feel that it's an amazing lesson that we as Americans can always hold up with pride that we stand for liberty. And I feel so lucky that I got to talk with Tim about this and also his awesome song, Thought About You. They weren't fighting for a piece of land. They were fighting for an ideal right. that this country was founded on, an ideal that's an imperfect ideal that always perpetuates forward and always tries to be a more perfect union. We're not perfect, but, but we continue to try to be perfect. And it says it right in the preamble of our Constitution. In order to form a more perfect union, it's always a stride to be more perfect. But I believe that the experiment of the United States mm -hmm. is an experiment that will be everlasting mm -hmm. and will be a guiding light for future generations and for generations to come after that. When I hear Thought About You, you have done this over and over in your career of delivering those type of songs that become more than just a, uh, a single. It's a, mo it's a moment. Yeah, and, and, and I feel this that is for a me as well. I mean, Why did you say to yourself, okay, I'm, I'm gonna cut this? Well, because it does the same thing that it does to everybody that hears it. When I hear this song, it makes me check myself. It mm. makes me think about the friends that I have, the friends yeah. I haven't talked to, 
friends and mentors and family who are building blocks in my life to get me to this point. Mm. It makes me think about all those people and it makes me think what an asshole I am to have not reached out more than I should mm. and to not connect as much as I should and not appreciate and be grateful as much as I should. I found out about something happening in Nashville that I was really surprised about. Nine years ago, the city of Nashville passed an ordinance that said that they weren't going to hire a contractor if they had fired somebody based on their sexual orientation. Mm. That is so in line with what this city is and what this city will continue, exactly, yeah. continue to be. And then the governor of Tennessee at the time, Bill Haslam, signed a law stripping Nashville of the ability to enforce that law that was protecting their citizens. Wow. And actually pass it. And it's still on the books. Problem with me is there's an old boy named W.B. Stokes in the 1860s. He was a congressman in 1868. Well, they ratified a thing called the 14th Amendment, which said no state or federal government could impede somebody's life, uh, liberty, or property. This law is against that. Sure it is. is against sure that. Is. And I just sat, I sat there the other day and go, I'm going to try to repeal this unconstitutional state law with my podcast. Yeah. Use it for something Absolutely. that can help. I learned that from guys like you. How many times have you done something where people were going, that's a little controversial? But it's really not. You know, what's controversial about having faith in people? What's controversial about that? I have faith in you, I have faith in Tim, I have faith in Jack, I have faith in people all around me who are of all sexual orientations, they're of all religions, they're from all party affiliations, they're from all walks of life. I have faith in these people. And I have faith in these people because of who they are, not because of the things that they believe in, not because of the religion that they follow, not because of the particular book of religion that they read, not because of who they love, not because of the color of their skin. I have faith in people because they're people who have a heart who are leaning in to doing good for the rest of the world. The state of being free within society from oppressive restrictions imposed by authority on one's way of life, behavior, or political views. That is the definition of liberty, number two on the spirit of humanity, found on the beaches of Normandy, found in lyrics of songs. And number three is courage. And to me, this goes hand in hand with liberty. And I got to spend some time with Chris Cab, a new artist, and his family was from Cuba. And this story is amazing. I'm guessing your parents probably have an interesting perspective on tolerance. Um, we are so blessed in this country to have so many incredible people from the island of Cuba yep. who have played a major part in this country being fantastic. Can you share a little bit about your parents' story coming here and what they feel about the belief system of human dignity in America? Yeah, well, you know, they had a very rough time coming over here. They had to escape, you know, communism, Castro. There are a lot of people getting murdered out there. People were business owners in Cuba, had to leave with nothing. My father's great-grandfather was owned a lot of hotels in La Habana on the beach. And from one day to the next, they came and said, oh, these are all Castro's. This is all the government's. So he stood up against Castro and was like, this is, this is wrong. I worked my whole life for these hotels. He was the kind of guy who would go to a hotel every day and look at every blade of grass. And then from one day to the next, somebody who took so much care into what he did, it's not yours anymore. 
So he stood up against Castro. They put him in jail. Wow. You know, cause for standing up. Cause, wow. Because him and some of the other hotel owners said, you know, F this, like, let's, let's get together and, and stop this. And threw him in jail. When he was in jail, a friend he went to high school with was, was a guard and was like, yo, what are you doing in here? He's like, I got thrown in for speaking up against Castro. So he goes, in two days, I'm going to sneak you out. You and your family, don't take anything. I'm going to get you plane tickets on these freedom flights that were going out at the time. And snuck him out of jail in the middle of the night, 4 a.m., and then they, they arrived in Miami. Unbelievable. And now I'm here. And now you're here. Yeah. <laughs> this, to me, is like, listen, we got a lot of things we can improve on in the U.S., no doubt. I think everybody knows that. Yeah. But one of the things that we get right is stories like that. Yeah. That your granddad had a place he could come to, and now you're here. And now, and now here. you're part of this rich uh, tradition of music in the U.S. and bringing all these different cultures in. Absolutely. You know? Courage. That's, that's the third. The courage to stand up to a bully. So you got to have the courage to stand up. Then you need number four. You got to collaborate. You need collaborators. There's someone out there that believes in things the way you do. They're looking for collaborators too. And then what happens when you join others? Magic. And I got to talk with Chris Wu from China about collaboration. You know, when he started putting his music out in the States, what he did that was so cool is he started collaborating with other artists from here. Travis Scott, one of the first ones that he collaborated with. It's a great track, but it showed everybody here. Wow, Chris is serious about this. Collaboration. Number four. You're collaborating with a lot of artists, which I think is an incredibly smart move. Yeah. You know? Some great producers, yeah. great people. Yeah. yeah, a lot of great people. But and, the same, and even with Travis. Even with you, Travis, when, yes. And how did that come about? At that time, like I was just independent. Yeah. I just decided to come out, spend three months in the States, every day in the studio, writing songs, making records. And we were like, do we want to have a feature on, on some of these tracks? And I was yeah. like, yeah, exactly what I want, bridging the East and West. What's, what's better than having two artists coming from two different worlds collaborating? And the funny thing is a lot of people don't know this too, is at that time, Travis was not who he is right now. Mm -hmm. He wasn't popping like this. Mm -hmm. He was about to. Mm -hmm. like but you heard something in him. Yeah. What did you hear? I don't know Because why. you heard it before a lot yep. of other people heard it. Yep. I heard his mixtapes, um, mm. the Before Rodeo, all, yeah. that, all the records. And I was a fan of his music. Yeah. So I was like, come on, let's yeah. do it. Yeah. Got in the studio. He flew in the next day. It was just me and him, artist yeah. to artist. No label, no nothing. Yeah. And that and that happened. But you and I, I'm a proud American. Mm -hmm. You are a proud Chinese. Mm -hmm. We're friends and there's something going on in the world right now where people are starting to just like sequester themselves in the safety of yeah. their own town, mm -hmm. their own city, yeah. their own location. Yeah. And it is affecting the broader political landscape mm -hmm. of the world. Yeah. That's not one country. There's many countries doing it. Mm -hmm. Music, I've always believed, yeah. can be the bridge to join hearts and minds together when everything else becomes chaotic. That's that. Do you feel a responsibility to put goodness out in the world? Absolutely. Every single day. The ultimate goal is always going to be that for me. Like, I want, I want to make my country, the world, just overall a better place. I mean, I make music that I'm going to use my music and to 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 the best of, of what it can do and 
I, I really feel like music will speak for itself. Collaboration, courage, liberty, dignity. And the fifth is the glue that holds it all together. While we were working the Grammys, I had a request to have lunch with a number of BTS supporters who had listened to Stokes and Friends K-pop with this through the whole season. And I am so glad that I did that because I shared with them my last day in France and what happened showed me without a shadow of a doubt what five is. There was a gentleman who is quite known in France because he basically, when the, the Ottoman Empire was spreading through Europe in the 700s, he got all the groups to collaborate to protect Europe during that time. His name was Charles Martel. And he's my 42nd generation great-grandfather. And once I read his story, I was really inspired about how he got all these different groups in Europe to collaborate with each other to have a successful defense. So I went to go see where he is entombed in Paris, where it's called Saint Denis. And the night before I was going to see him, I was at my hotel and there's some guy playing piano, playing Charlie Puth on the piano. And I was drawn to it. And I, I met these guys and I met this guy and then his friend and his friend was an agent in France and he was like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, oh, I'm doing this. And I was like, oh, well, we need to help you in France, right? And so then we just start playing music and then this girl walks up named Cecile and she goes, I love this music. Guys, this is like 1230 at night in some hotel in Paris, right? She introduced herself. I'm Cecile. What's your name? I'm Stokes. What are you doing here? Well, I'm wrapping up this podcast and then Tomorrow, I'm going to St. Denise to see this fellow. She goes, you're kidding me. She goes, I was baptized at St. Denise. And I go, really? And she goes, I'm going to go with you to make sure you make it there okay. And I didn't know if she was going to show up or not. I said, well, I'll be there at 1.30. Sure, 1.30 comes around. I go there. She's there. We walk in together. And then she shares with me. She says, I was baptized here and my mother made sure that I was baptized at St. Denise because she wanted me to be baptized in a place that had deep history, but it was really hard to make that happen. And she passed away like seven years ago. I haven't been here since I was baptized. And she was obviously like really emotional. And I just said, come here. And I gave her, I gave her a hug and I kind of hugged her and walked her up to where the front where she could pray. She prayed and then I went by to where Charles Martel is entombed. And I prayed there and she was praying there and it was a very special moment. So, of course, in my mind, I'm thinking this grandiose nature of what happened. Well, that was the reason I was supposed to go to Europe. That was the reason to reconnect with my roots. That was going to change my life. That was the reason, right? Well, that's what I thought, but I was wrong. Because when I got back to Nashville on Wednesday, February 6th, I got this text from Cecile in Paris. And the text said, Stokes, I forgot to thank you for something, dot, dot, dot. And then she sent me another text. And this text was the reason why I traveled halfway across the world. Before this moment on the church, I never cried on her shoulder. And there's parentheses. 
even if I had a real sister or a brother and my father wasn't there since I lost my mom in April 2008. I wasn't supposed to go to Europe to reconnect with some long lost roots. I'm already connected with those roots. They're in my blood. I was supposed to travel halfway across the world so that on Tuesday, January 29th, in the Basilica of St. Denis, someone had a shoulder to cry on. And if you came up to me with a check for a million dollars and told me I could have that check or I could have that moment there, that check would be ripped up and in a trash can. What Cecile doesn't know is that moment gave me the strength to do what I was supposed to do. And it was another demonstration of the most powerful ideal behind the spirit of humanity, love. Dignity, liberty, courage, collaboration, and love. And the best of the five is love. My name is Stokes Nielsen. And if you would like to join me in advocating these ideals, please call 1-833-STOKES-V. And know that every day you have the ability to reflect the spirit of humanity. Shine on, my friends.